Hello, everyone, and happy November. Uh, this is Dan and Alec, and we are the dudes who like movies. Uh, today is November third, so yeah, it's Thanksgiving. Halloween is over. Did you have a good Halloween, Alec? Good Halloween, um, Alec. Yeah, I just basically handed out candy. There wasn't really much I wanted to do this year. Yeah, did you dress up at all? I just I had a gorilla mask from a few years ago. I, I wore. I got it at Walmart for like two bucks when I did a safari theme. Nice. Uh, my wife and I dressed up as Sean and Ed from Shaun of the Dead. I think you saw that on Instagram, didn't you? I, I did. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, we were, we came up with it the night before. I was like, "What are we gonna do?" And I I had that I got wood shirt, and I'm like, "I'm just gonna be Ed." And then we talked, and so she ended up being Ed, and I ended up being Sean. She made me a nice little name tag. I think worked out great. As you can it tell, from my spiky hair, I kind of, yeah. Um, it, it did good. But yeah, we basically just hung out. We handed out candy, and there were some good kids. There were some annoying kids. But overall, not a bad Halloween. Um, definitely, I get more candy for next year because we were rationing towards the end there. But anyway, um, so yeah, it's November. And most of the time, when you think November, you think Thanksgiving. Problem is, there's not very many Thanksgiving movies that are out. And, you know, we thought about this. We're going to do a, not really a top 10, but like a best Thanksgiving movies episode as we get closer to actually Thanksgiving. But I thought, what else could we do for the month of November? And I thought, let's, uh, let's celebrate one of the best actors of all time. And we're going to make it uh, Hanksgiving. So this is our Tom Hanks month. And it's not just an episode, it's a month. We're going to talk about Tom Hanks um, for the majority of the month. So yeah let's let's get into it today we're gonna do a profile on tom hanks we're gonna try not to make it super long but we're gonna talk about his career his highlights a little bit more of his lesser known movies just briefly and then towards the end of the episode we're gonna do our top 10 favorite tom hanks performances and notice i said performances not not movies so the movie can be really good but his performance is what we're looking at is is how good it is because he carries most of the movies he's in Exactly. He's one, I think he's one of the best actors, if not the best actor of this gen. Well, people love, you know, there's more, I guess, talented actors, but I really love Tom Hanks. He's probably my favorite actor. I mean, yeah, you got your DiCaprio's, your, your Tom Hardy's, you got yeah, your things like that. Yeah. But of course, Tom Hanks from where he starred in the eighties, he's been getting consistent work for a reason. He's been consistently good. And he also, has won, I think he's one of the few actors to win an Oscar back-to-back. -back. So that's pretty Is cool. He? Yeah, he won in 93 for Philadelphia and 94 for Forrest Gump. So, oh, wow. Yeah. But also, I mean, what kind of got me thinking about Tom Hanks is, I mean, he's kind of like, I remember there was an SNL skit. He's like America's dad. Everyone just loves him, you know? So. I could say that. Well, you know, Thanksgiving's all about family, so let's talk about America's dad. So, not American dad, America's dad. So. Anyway, we're going to begin. So I know Tom Hanks, his, he started out, well, let me see. His birthday was July 9th, 1956. He is 65 years old. He was born in Concord, California. And he apparently has both United States and Greece. Greek citizenship, I guess you would call it. Greek citizenship. He has Greek, he has Greek citizenship? I'm going to look into that, but... And yeah, he, he got his education at Cal State University, uh, Sacramento Shabbat Shabot College, I think it is. But basically, he's been active since 1977. I know he was in Bosom Buddies, I think, for the late 70s, maybe early 80s. That was like his first like TV thing was Bosom Buddies, where he, he cross-dressed. And I forget what the show was about. I just know that was a thing. But Bosom Buddies? His, yeah, Bosom Buddies. You never saw that? No. <laughs> anyway, but his full name is Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. He was born to Janet Marilyn and Amos Mefford Hanks. So his mother was of Portuguese descent and his father was of English ancestry. I believe, I think his wife might be Greek. That's maybe why he has that. But anyway. That would make more sense. Yeah. He studied theater at Shabbat College in Hayward, California, and transferred to Cal State Sacramento for two years. 
Let's see here. He said, oh, interesting fact, he said he would rather win an Oscar. He was asked if he would rather have won an Oscar or a Heisman Trophy. He would have rather won the Heisman Trophy playing halfback for the Chicago Golden Bears. That's a fun little quote. Everything I'm reading is off Wikipedia, but the thing is I make sure there's actual like links to support these claims. So anyway. And then his career, early work. It looks like his first movie was in a low-budget slasher film, He Knows You're Alone. And he landed a starring role in the television movie Mazes and Monsters. And then he was cast in the lead in Shakespeare, the Riverside Shakespeare Company's production of Niccolo Machiavelli's The Mandrake. Okay. Yeah. Then he, the following year, so this is what, 1980, he landed one of the lead roles, Kip Wilson of the ABC television pilot of Bosom Buddies. It's him and Peter Scolari. They play young advertising men forced to dress as women so they could live in an inexpensive all-female hotel. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, He also had a guest appearance on Happy Days in his Bosom Buddies character, apparently. That's what I'm reading here. (laughs) And apparently that's how he met Ron Howard, who cast him in Ron Howard's movie. I don't think it was Ron Howard's first movie, but it was one of his earlier movies, Splash, which is the movie that Tom Hanks got his big break in. Have you seen Splash? I think I is that basically like a reverse Little Mermaid, if I remember right, where he has to live of, on. He has to choose to live on the end. It is basically Little Mermaid, but at the end, I mean, it's been out for thirty years. At the end of the movie, he goes and lives with her, and I guess he becomes a merman. And so, gotcha. so no, it is I've seen it. Little Mermaid. Yep. Splash is good. I've seen it. Not really going to get into it because we still got to talk about his performances and the rest of his things, but. It's a good movie. He's likable in the movie. John Candy's in the movie. So is Eugene Levy, I believe. Daryl Hannah plays the, the mermaid. And it's, it's basically... Watch it. Yeah, it's basically Little Mermaid, where the mermaid falls in love with the guy who I think she saves, and then she goes to live with him on land. She gets legs. So, yeah, that's, that's basically the plot of the movie. And then he had a couple smaller... I guess he, he had a sizable hit with Bachelor Party in 1984, where pretty... Pretty self-explanatory there. It's a bachelor party. Hmm. And then, let's see here. He started his first like dramatic roles in the movie called Nothing in Common, a story of a young man alienated from his father. And then he was in a few other flops, moderate successes, like Dragnet. I believe, okay, no, never mind. That came out first. So his, the broad success, his first like big, I think, success besides, I don't even know if Splash would be considered a big success, but his first like big movie was big. I didn't even think about that as I was saying it, but so, and you've seen big, right? I, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I, I think I know enough to put it together. It's one of those like very unique movies because the whole plot is this kid who's very short. He's like 13 or 12 years old and he wishes on a make a wish thing at the Coney Island fair or something like that. He's like, I wish I was big. And then the next day he wakes up and he's 30 years old played by Tom Hanks. And Mm. he goes to live in New York city. He finds a job and he can become successful. And then when his childhood friend is like, Hey, we found the machine that'll turn you back. He's like, I don't know if I want to do that. And then, yeah, it's a good movie. He plays an adult. He plays a child in an adult's body trying to adjust to the adult world, which is really interesting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like I know I'm too much, but, you know. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Trust me. I, I've seen a few Tom Hanks movies, like quite a few of them. Big, I did see bits and pieces. I could string it together. I could understand the plot. I just haven't seen the ending, which, I mean, if it's spoiled, I'm not really that worried about it. It's been out for 40-some-odd years, isn't it? It's been it. It's probably been like Wait. 30 years, yeah, but... It, oh my God, almost 40 years. 88, yeah. Oh and my God. I thought this movie came out before <laughs> Big, but apparently it came out after Turner and Hooch, which is basically a cop, cop movie, dog. but with a dog. <laughs> and you've seen that, right? Yeah, I've seen it. I saw a while, I've seen it a while ago, but I have seen the movie, and it's just. I saw it one time, and I think the only time I've seen it was back when Blockbuster was doing like Netflix stuff where they were just nail it to your house i think that's how long ago it's been it's been i remember blockbuster being open that's how i rented it but um it's a feel-good comedy really stretch right there though when you think about it 
I mean, it's one of those, hey, it's a dog thing, but, you know. Yeah, that's it, basically all it was. It was that cliche, which, woo, excuse me, unfortunately, spread and created a, a genre of movies with dogs in these kinds of human roles, like uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, kind of like that, where it created that kind of uh, Or like thing. Air Bud or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think it was like the first like buddy cop movie to put a guy against something, one who's not traditionally a cop. I don't know, but... I don't think so. Did... I, think it was, I think he just popularized it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's also the black comedy film in 1989, The Burbs, which I think... Yeah, Carrie Fisher's in that movie. It's basically just a suburban movie, I guess. Yeah. I'm not going to read the... Uh, then he also did Joe versus the Volcano, which is like some weird movie. He goes to an island with Meg Ryan. First movie he was in with Meg Ryan, by the way, not Sleepless in Seattle, but we'll get to that. Mm. And yeah, let's see here. So really, the 80s, I guess, Splash and Big and Turner and Hooch were big, but the 90s is really when Tom Hanks came into his own and he was really like a like an A-list star. So mm. he did A League of Their Own in 92 which I have not seen it. Have you? No. Okay. But apparently, you know, he got good reviews. And 93 was a big year for him because he did Sleepless in Seattle, which everyone, even if you haven't seen Sleepless in Seattle, which I haven't seen it all the way through, I've seen bits and pieces. And I might have watched it on TV one time like five, ten years ago, probably more like ten. But I think my mom must have seen it, and I watched part of it with her. I just haven't finished it either because I know she's a big Tom Hanks fan as well. But even if you haven't seen the movie, you know that scene at the end where they meet up on the top of the Empire State Building and, yeah, all that. Right? It's the Empire State Building. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, it is the Empire State Building. And then there was one, uh, Philadelphia came out in 93, which he won his first Oscar for. He plays a guy who's a gay man who has HIV, AIDS, something like that, and he gets fired by his company. And so he hires Denzel Washington to do a – they sue his company. And – Got to preface this. I just know of the movie. I haven't seen it all the way through. I haven't seen it really at all. I just know what it's about. And I haven't seen it at all. Yeah. It just is one of those movies that I know it's just from what I hear, it's really good. He won an Oscar for that movie. I just haven't, you know, it's, I don't know where to stream it. I don't really, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. But, you know, that it's really good from what I hear. So. But 93 was big because he won an Oscar for Philadelphia. And then in 1994, he did Forrest Gump, which Mm -hmm. I think everyone has seen Forrest Gump at some point, right? You think? I think so, honestly. And, And I mean, if not, I mean, I know everyone's heard of like the high gen A or, you know, that kind of thing. It's got Um, so much and embedded in pop culture, you know? Like the, like the life is like a box of chocolates. You'll never know what you're going to get. You know, that or thing. Lieutenant Dan. I, like, I can give you a quarter every time I've heard that. Oh, I, I had a quarter for every time I heard Lieutenant Dan. But, yeah, I think his accent is very memorable. We'll get to this a little bit later. But, no. We all know who's the villain. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there was a video, I think it's been taken down, but there's a video where basically Forrest Gump, I mean, it's been out for 27 years now, so, you know, if you haven't seen it, but when he finds out that he has a kid, instead mm. of him, you know, becoming the kid's father like he does in the movie, someone edited it, so he just runs away from Jenny. <laughs> so, I, I, like the, I like the family I joke where, it, where Jenny's like, Hi, Forrest. And then she's like saying, like, oh, I'm about to go get like railed by these three guys in a porta potty somewhere. And it's like, Hi, Forrest. Now that I've developed an uncurable um, uh, progenitive sex disease, I'm ready to have pity sex with you. And he's like, Okay, Jenna, I'll ra- help you raise the baby. baby. God. <laughs> he did win an Oscar for that movie. Again, like I said earlier, he, he got his second consecutive Oscar for that movie. And I love that movie. I think, I don't know if it's, if it's my favorite Tom Hanks movie, but it's definitely up there. 
I, I'd say it's up there for me too. It's not my favorite, but it's in the top five. No, it is a wonderful movie. It's one of those things where you can just kind of get behind. Cause at the point in time, you know, this, I mean, to us, Vietnam was like what, 50, 60 years ago. But when that movie came out, I remember watching Siskel and Ebert. I can't just rip them off by making this point. Cause they, they made this point. It's like, you know, we were as a country, we're at that time, they were still healing from Vietnam and just kind of like, there was a lot of Vietnam movies being made, like Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July, things like that, you know. And I mean, it only ended like twenty years before, because it ended like I think in '74, American involvement. So you're well, thinking only two is when we started pulling out. I know that much. And Saigon, I think, fell in seven. No, maybe it was '73. Saigon fell, but regardless, it was still only twenty years before. Yeah, so it is one of those movies, and like it just it makes you feel good about life and just being. I don't really necessarily think it's a patriotic movie. But it just, it makes you feel good. You know, it's a, it's a really good feel-good movie. It's like a little in-between, I guess, patriotic. It, it toes the line. Yeah, he plays a very likable character. So, mm. then in 1995, uh, before I get to one of these movies, I want to talk about the other one. He did Apollo 13, Ron Howard. I think mm-hmm. that movie's great. I think he does a really good job in that movie. Like, you know the entire movie, what's going to happen. They're going to make it back to Earth just fine. But still, the entire movie, you're thinking... Where, about, where they're talking like, okay, we have duct tape and we have this tubing and all this. And he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Like, it, it, it's you know what happens because it's based on a true story. But it's a nail biter still. Yeah, I mean, and he's still holding it together even though he knows he could die at any second. And he doesn't know that, it, you know, will this, you know, basically just duct tape, spit, and luck hold on me. Basically. They have to, like, live in the module that they were going to... And this is all true. We're not even just talking about his performance, but just, like, the way he sells it is, is very believable. And, like I said, you know the ending of that movie. But the entire time, you're like, oh, man, are they going to make it? And that's really, I think, a lot of it is due to his performance. Mm. I also personally just like Ed Harris in that movie, but that's just my opinion. So, and Gary Sinise. Anyway, 95, he was also in Toy Story, which growing up, that was like the movie that made me love movies was Toy Story. You know, I love Sheriff Woody. That's my, you know, that's my go-to Pixar movie. And I think he was like the perfect choice for that role. So I agree. Along with his co-star, Tim Allen, as Buzz, which again... Perfect, perfect casting. You could yeah. not get a better cast. Well, apparently they took a little clip of Turner and Hooch and they animated it to kind of get him to understand how it would work. And that's how they got him to sign on to the role. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, no idea. yeah, Toy Story. And then, yeah, I think Toy Story is great. I think it was the highest grossing movie that year. And I think Apollo 13 was like one of the top five. So he had a pretty good year in 95 and 94. And 93, I guess. But anyway, 96... Trying to think what else he was in in nine. Was he in anything else in ninety six? Give me one sec here. Nothing. Sorry. Okay, so while I'm looking this up, ninety six is the first movie that he actually like directed and wrote. It was called That Thing You Do. Which, spoiler alert, we're gonna do a retro review of that within the next coming weeks because I love that movie. I watched it for the first time a couple like a month ago. And I showed it to you today. Well, I, I told you to watch it on Hulu, and you did. And just some, I really short, it. Yeah, some short thoughts. Uh, well, at first, I thought this was an actual band. And I was like, this, no, I was like, wait, I've heard quite a few mu- uh, bands from the 60s and musicians, and you know. I'm a sucker like, for, go ahead, sorry. I was like, I've, I've heard, you know, Cleveland's Clearwater Revival, The Doors, some Frank's, later Frank Sinatra. I was like, who in the hell is this band? Because then I shazammed one of their songs and it came up and I'm like, wait, are these people real? And then when the movie ended, because it, it did that thing where it gives you the biopic of each person. Like, oh, yeah. oh they're, this guy's currently single and this one's living as a contractor in Orlando. It's like, wait, what? And then I Googled it and it was like, oh, yeah, it's all made up. What? Oh my yeah, god! I knew it was, it knew it was fake when I saw Steve Zahn because I know Steve Zahn is an actor in that movie. He plays the guitar player Lenny. But I, I, just, I suffer I for movies about music and bands, so that's just me. I got sucked into it, and it it, it just 
it was really convincing. Not going to lie to you. It's a very likable movie, but we'll save our in-depth review for the retro review. But anyway, so yeah, confirming he only did that movie in 96, which I should mention he was in the movie too. I mean, I think a big part of the promotion was showing his face in that movie because I mean, everyone else at the time was unknown because Liv Tyler's in that movie too. Mm. This is before she got famous. And then 98, he was in two big movies. Again, I'm saying 90s, Tom Hanks, man. He was in You Got Mail, his second movie with Meg Ryan, which mm. to be completely honest, don't really know what the plot is, but I know it was a hit. And then Saving Private Ryan. Mm, yeah. The most and, iconic Tom Hanks movie, I think, with his face on it. I don't know if I would agree with that. I think Forrest Gump's a little bit more iconic, but I would say that's a close second. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, fair enough. Regardless of the fact that it's very well directed and the cinematography is great and the action, good lord! Apparently, D-Day survivors were watching that movie in the first ten minutes. So we have to get out of here. Yeah, they had PTSD. But he really carries that movie, and we'll get into it a little bit later. But mm-hmm. yeah, great movie. 1999, he did Toy Story 2, which arguably is the best one of the franchise. And I think, I mean, it is a very Woody-centric movie. The whole franchise is very Woody-centric, but I mean, yeah, it's. I think it's because you know more people back in that day they're like thinking the cowboy. You know, it's iconic. Well, part of me thinks that Buzz kind of got flandered, flanderized, whatever, towards the end because of Tim Allen's politics. But we're gonna get on. We're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, but no, and then he also did the Green Mile in 1999. So great, great movie. Yeah, it's very emotional, especially at the end. Oh, same, God. Same director did Shawshank. I would say Green Mile is a little bit more emotional than Shawshank because I didn't cry at the end of Shawshank. I, I think I have cried at the Green Mile. I think Shawshank was more of a, not an emotional story, but more of a, um, not a serious, well, I guess a more serious story too. It's more it, 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 it tries home. to be more firm. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, it's not trying to tug at your heartstrings as much. It's trying to tell you a story, trying to get you into it. Okay. And then in 2000, he was in Castaway, which I think that's another one of his iconic roles. Mm-hmm. That it's in pop culture, you know, Wilson and, and things like that. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, when you actually watch the movie, he's, he has to carry that movie. He, it's, he's the only person in that movie for, like, 75% of it. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, he's trapped in the island. And he'd be friends, and then it's just him and a volleyball. So it's like, well, what else are you going to do? Exactly. And I love that joke where it's like the one package he doesn't open. It's just a GPS locator with satellite phone or something like that. I, I, I also like the Family Guy joke of that, too. I'm sorry, Wilson. Yeah, he cuts a hole. Yeah. But <laughs> even just like the scene where he has a toothache and he knows that he needs to get the tooth out, so he uses the bear of, like, of the ice skating things and you're just like oh god this is just hard to watch so good acting but it, it was it was a survival movie yeah then in 2002 he was in road to perdition which is a gangster movie um yeah it takes place during the great depression a mob enforcer and his son as they seek vengeance against a mobster who murdered the rest of their family okay i've never seen it i just i've heard it's good i have not either he was in Catch Me If You Can, which is more of a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. He has a smaller role in that one. He plays the guy trying to track Leonardo DiCaprio. Not, I mean, he's not the best thing in that movie. We'll just put it like that. He, you know, it's not a very memorable movie, I don't think. But he's fine. Fair enough. Did you see that one, Catch Me If You Can? No, I have. I, I think I might have seen the beginning, and that's it. Okay. I, it does sound familiar to me. I think I may have only seen the beginning. I'll have to double check it. 2004 was another big year. He was in, so I've heard this is one of like the worst Coen Brothers movies, if not the worst, The Lady Killers. It's like a remake of a old British movie. I've heard it's bad. I've never seen it. I just remember the promotional material for it when it came out. I didn't even know that was a Coen movie, Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, The Lady Killers, I'm looking here, directed by Joel and Ethan Coen. Yikes. But, and then he was in The Polar Express, which I guess a polar, The Polar Express is kind of a, Christmas classic now, but but back in the day, it's well, you know, it's the meme with the kid is one reason why it's getting kind of like a little research. <laughs> I mean, took me a second. I was like, "What meme are you talking about?" Yeah, that one. The one with the the, the kid with the flat hair, glasses, like 
staring at him, you know what I'm talking about? Did you know that if you press XX double X in this game, you can get full? It's like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, yeah, that 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 one. That's kind of, I think, brought about like a little bit of a revival in that movie, but it's it's animation. The eyes, the eyes creep me out in that movie. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people, yeah. I remember seeing a meme where they compared the Polar Express, and they, it's like, I hate all these lifeless eyes in this movie, and then they put a random picture of Mark Zuckerberg in there. But Polar Express, I mean, as a kid, I think it's better, but as you grow up, you're like, yeah, this isn't that good. Yeah, because I, mean, I, mean, I remember when I saw it, I first saw it, I was 12 years old in 2008, and then I just, every other year, I say we watch it in my mom's house once every other year, but we haven't watched it, I don't think, in four or five years now. I watched it last Christmas, and it's it's definitely not as good as I remember it being when I was a kid. It's still an enjoyable movie, but... I think we're just getting old. Yeah. But he was also (laughs) in The Terminal, which is about an Eastern European who gets stuck in JFK because he's got the wrong paperwork to go into the city, and all he's trying to do is get a signature for his... He's trying to get a signature from an old baseball or a jazz pianist or something like that, or a baseball player. I think it's a jazz pianist. And then doesn't he fall in love or something? Yeah, he falls in love with a flight attendant who I think is married or she, whatever. But it's a good movie where he does carry the movie, but it's more of just like the scenario, a guy living in JFK for like, I don't know how long it is, six months, something like that. But I like that movie. I think he gets a really good performance. The ending is pretty emotional. Well, it's been out for, God, 15 years. Oh, God, 17 years now. Since I mean, he gets the last signature and he's just like, I'm going home now. So, but I think it is like his home country is having a civil war as he was flying over. So now his paperwork, like his visa is null and void or something like that. <laughs> then 2006, he was in Da Vinci Code. Haven't seen it, but I think you've seen it, right? I have seen just the Da Vinci Code. I haven't seen Inferno or the other uh, two, but I have seen Da Vinci Code. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't like a memorable Tom Hanks movie. It was just, I think, a cash grab, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they, they did. It. I think they based it off of the Dan Brown novel. I think it's the guy who wrote it. I think. And, go ahead. Well, go ahead. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Dan Brown, the guy who wrote the the Da Vinci Code, um, and they based it off of those movies. And it was honestly, it was kind of boring. I watched it one time, and I watched it when I was sixteen. And I remember exactly why, because I was at home, I was by myself, and then I turned it on, and then my brother came in halfway through, and I just was like, this movie is just, eh. Eh. I think out of all of those movies, like, it's The Da Vinci Code, then there's Angels and Demons, and there's, I think, Inferno, you mentioned. Yeah, I don't think, really, when did Inferno come out? Okay, 2016, okay. I don't... it wasn't that it doesn't that doesn't suck me in. That was the problem. I, I remember the Da Vinci Code, the first one. I've heard it was good and like I think it's kind of like out of all three of those movies, people remember it more, I guess. People liked it more, but I haven't seen it, so hmm. but two thousand seven, really the only movie he was in in two thousand seven, and he had a cameo in the Simpsons movie. The United States government has lost all of its credibility, so it's trying to borrow some of mine. <laughs> <laughs> But he was in Charlie Wilson's War, which is about a senator. It was it was the CIA operative whose efforts led to Operation Cyclone, a program to organize and support the Afghan. I, I'm probably going to botch this. Muhadin. Yeah, during the Soviet-Afghan War. So it's it's kind of political, but I think it's yeah. It was written by Aaron Sorkin, who did like Trial Chicago Seven. Uh, What's that one? Oh, a Few Good Men. Big movies like those. You know, they're really well-written movies. I've seen mm-hmm. it. I, seen, I saw it when it came out or like the year after, and I remember liking it. I just haven't seen it since. I want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. But 2009, The Great Buck Howard. Well, apparently, that was his that's a small role there. But Angels and Demons. Toy Story 3 came out in 2010. Love that movie. I think that's my mm-hmm. personal favorite in the franchise, but that's just me. So uh, I think I still think I like the original one better. People love. Uh, there's not really a wrong answer except number four. So. Oh wait! Oh wait! You're talking about the greatest movie from that franchise, right? 
And then <laughs> uh, Toy Story 3 again, it's his voice. He doesn't give a good performance, but a lot of it is the animation. Cause like, I'm sure he didn't give any lines except for like screaming during the, again, been out for more than 10 years when they're in the, the fire thing, the inferno, the little, yeah. yeah the inferno where they're about to be incinerated when they get dropped in. And like that, that mountain of garbage is being dropped, like shaken down into it and they can't get out. Yeah. So 2011, he was in a movie that he also directed again called Larry Crown. Haven't seen it, but apparently it's about a guy who goes to a different country and, oh, a guy who unexpectedly loses his job and returns to education. Okay. He was also in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which is about a kid who loses his father in 9-11 and him just dealing with that. I think he plays the father. Oh, is it Pete Davidson's biography? Probably. And then (laughs) 2012 Cloud Atlas, which... I've not seen Cloud Atlas, but I think it's one of those things where like it's a bunch of six different stories and the same like five actors play different roles in each story. Oh, uh, I I've heard of it, and I think I think that's what it is. Where it's like kind of like um, Pulp Fiction, where it's like different times that they somehow all combine and meet up and make sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, he, he I, Cloud Atlas, I think people liked, but it wasn't really big. 2013, he was in two movies that I've seen both. They're mm-hmm. both really good. I just don't know if they're big hits as others, but he was in Saving Mr. Banks, which he's not the lead in that movie, but he plays Walt Disney, and he's trying to get the writer of Mary Poppins, I think it is, to sign over her rights, or she's, he's trying to get her blessing when they're making that movie. Mm-hmm. And then he does really good as Walt Disney. You know, you believe him. And then he also was in. Why am I drawing a blank? What is it? Captain Phillips, which yes. in that movie, feel free to talk about it. Well, I, I and I believe it said it was based on a true story of the Somalian pirates um, overtaking yeah. a merchant vessel. Yeah, it was cool when that happened. Yeah. And it was it was crazy though because I didn't know this about the um the guy the the main uh, pirate the one who was like look at me I'm the captain now yeah uh that that guy was actually not an actor he was actually an actual I think he was an actual Somalian um oh you're talking about the actor uh, not, the, not the guy he was playing okay sorry it took me a second yeah not yeah the the actual person not not the character but the actual person who was playing him was yeah. just some random Somalian who just auditioned for the role. And I didn't know that until I saw it somewhere. I'd read it. And I think he said that, yeah, he just went out there and he just did it because it just came naturally to him, which I thought was really, really well, crazy. They did the good job of having an actual Somalian play that role. And I think he was nominated for an Oscar too. And he's been in other movies since then. I, and I mean, that's just, I can't believe that. I mean, that was just like crazy, but it, it was, it was a fantastic movie. Um, Tom I really, really does carry that movie because he's really the only big star in that movie. Yeah, he actually really is. Cause, I mean, the other ones were like either unknown, like that guy, or they were um, just minor. Like, you know, you don't really remember them kind of actors. You know what I mean? No, he carries um, that movie. I, I highly recommend. Oh, yeah. I recommend people see it because the last like 10 minutes of that movie after he's been saved is just kind of heartbreaking because he's like – He's actually playing a guy in shock, and that's they actually got a Coast Guard or a, or a it would have been Navy. They got a Navy nurse to come and check him out, and he was actually acting in that scene. But the nurse is actually real, and she's doing the real job. So I thought that was really good. It, it's but. a fantastic movie, and if you haven't seen it, it's kind of like a nail biter because you don't know are these guys going to shoot them? You don't know what, what, what they're going to, what they're going to do. Another example of, you know, what happens, but it's still a nail biter. And a lot of it has to do with his performance. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just one of those things where you really don't want to look more into the actual event first. You just want to watch the movie and then go look into the actual, you know, yeah. factual stuff. And then in 2015, he was in bridge of spies, which I've seen that it's Coen brothers. Uh-huh. I saw that in the theater when it first came out. That was one of the first movies uh, I was ever given uh, free tickets to by Jordan. That's because I saw that movie. Very few people were seeing it. I saw it at the Alamo, but 
No, it's a really good movie. Again, his performance doesn't really carry it. It's more of the writing because Ed Spielberg directed it and the Karn brothers wrote it. But it's about a true story how the Soviets and us, we traded two prisoners of war back in like the 50s or 60s, something like that. And he it plays the lawyer. In the 50s at the Berlin Wall. And um, I believe that one of them, it was a, it was a man. Um, he was a, God, what was it? He was a spy, but he, I think he was charged with something else, unless it was just espionage. I can't remember exactly. But Tom Hanks plays an insurance lawyer. And he oh, is yeah, he, he represents him in court. That's right. And he's basically, like, he doesn't really have a choice. He's told he basically has to represent this guy. In in a weird way, I think his boss like drops it on him and tells him he has to do it, and people are like pissed off at Tom Hanks, like how could you, blah blah blah, and he's like, he's just like, I'm doing my job, but I mean, really, when you watch the movie, you see that he doesn't just pick it up and be like, oh, this guy needs needs a lawyer. No, he's just, he's an insurance lawyer and he gets dropped on him. Yeah, and that was the thing I never understood. It was like people he got this whole case dropped on him. So it's kind of weird that people were pissed off, but it it was, it was, the it was 50s when, you know, there was the red scare and communism was the big scare. And yeah. So apparently he was also in a movie called, Oh gosh, I just lost it. Ithaca that apparently came out. I think Meg Ryan directed. I don't think he's the lead, but 2016, he was in a few movies. He was in a hologram for the King. Apparently he plays a, Washed up corporate salesman who goes to Saudi Arabia to propose a business deal. Never seen it. No. Did you Did you see Inferno? No, I did not. Okay. He was in Sully that year. I remember. Did we go see Sully together? Yes, we did. That's right. I Again, his performance isn't the best thing in that movie. It's more of the direction is the best thing in that movie because it's Clint Eastwood. But again. It's, it's, a, it's not an interesting movie because there's no – you know, there's no clear good guy, bad guy kind of thing where it's like, you are obviously going to cheer for Tom Hanks because he beats this bad person. Or there's not like, about? oh, there's this super like life altering event. It's kind of just a, a retelling of a, a thing that happened where some bird, a bird flock flew into his plane engine um, of Sully Sullenberger's and he landed it on the Hudson. I remember seeing the miracle of the Hudson uh, when I was in high school, but still it's just one of those things where it's, it's an important story to tell, but it's not an interesting one. You know what I mean? I think it is interesting how he did it and basically did a water landing on the Hudson. Again, it's just, it's not groundbreaking. I think is the best way to put it. It wasn't like a movie worthy kind of event in my opinion. Yeah, because they kind of like they do make a villain out of the NTSB, I think, and then. But, but then again, the government government uh, agencies do deserve it. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and then 2017, he was in the Post with Meryl Streep, Spielberg. Didn't see it. I just I know it's good. Haven't seen it. Did you? You saw the Circle, right? You you were mentioning that earlier. I did see uh, when it was in the theaters. I did see uh, bits of it. I remember it was like. Um, a computer technology like website kind of thing, but it turns out I think it it, it either was used for data manipulation by the guy or the AI went rogue. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember I watched it and I was like, this movie is awful. It's like Tom Hanks he plays a CEO that is is like uh, promoting the circle. Gotcha. Um, it, it was. It just wasn't good, man. Okay. Was- 2019, he was in Toy Story 4, which is, you know, it's very Woody-centric. I I like it. It's not very – it's just – it's more nice to see those characters again as opposed to actually getting anything. Like, the first three were actually thought-provoking, and this one does have a message, but it's just, you know, it's not that good. Right. Then he was in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood where he plays Fred Rogers – and he's not the lead in the movie, but he does a really good job. And he was nominated for an Oscar for that one. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things I was telling you earlier. You know it's Tom Hanks because you look at him and he doesn't look like Fred Rogers in the face. They dress him up like him. but Yeah, they give him the sweater vest and all, and all the khakis, but you can tell it's Tom Hanks. You know it's Tom Hanks, but he's believable in that role, which is very... 
you know, he, he does all the mannerisms and he does, he plays him earnestly, which I think is really what makes the movie work. Cause you know, you, again, it's Tom Hanks, you know, it's not, you look at him, Tom Hanks and Fred Rogers look too different. But with mm. the material he was given and his earnest performance, it really does sell the movie. I so, agree to that. Yeah. And then 2020, he was in Greyhound. Apparently he wrote that, didn't see it. Did you? No, I have not. Didn't even know that existed. Uh, he was in the Borat movie. That's right. He was at the end of the Borat movie. And then News of the World. I wanted to see that, but I think it was like an Apple exclusive. And I just, I'm never, I'm never going to pay for Apple TV. I don't blame you. I, I didn't watch it either. He's in a movie called Finch coming up. Apparently, it's a post-apocalyptic science fiction drama. I I'm not, interested. It's going on Apple TV, and apparently it comes out Friday. Okay. Uh, he's going to be in the Pinocchio TV? remake. I think he's going to be Geppetto in the Pinocchio remake. The Disney one, not like some random company doing Pinocchio. Oh. I think Pinocchio's in the public domain. But yeah, that's basically it. So let's get on to our top ten performances and let me say these are not his his best movies because if we're basing it just off movies i love the toy story franchises and i love what's uh bridge of spies is a really good movie so is sully i think but tom hanks doesn't carry those movies you know like yeah. it's not his, his performance is really good it's just the movie it doesn't it's not him who carries them it's not his performance that elevates the movie to make me like it you know so these are his yeah. best performances. So we're going to do 10. Number 10, The Terminal. I thought he did really good in that movie. You've seen it, right? I can't remember. Seen, we mentioned this like 10 minutes ago when we were talking about it. But I, I, I've seen uh, bits and pieces. I haven't like got, uh, sat down watched the full thing. But I did see parts where like where he, he looks into the flight attendant's eyes and all that. And, he, like, and, um, and I did see where uh what was it i think it was the cinnabon i think it was cinnabon was that you went to never heard of i can't remember exactly but i i've seen bits and pieces of it well it's the relationships that he makes with everyone working at the airport while also playing an eastern european who just doesn't understand american culture and he's learning how things work because like there's the thing where if you turn in the little carts at the airport you get like 25 cents so he uses that to go buy burgers at burger king because that's like the only food they have there and then he develops the relationship with, with the Cinnabon. It was, it was Burger King. Okay. I didn't know if there was a Cinnabon in there. I don't remember. But anyway. I couldn't think of. I knew it was, I knew it was a fast food place. Yeah, it was Burger King. And then also him just trying to do right by his father. And he's also having to deal with the fact that his country is in a civil war or something like that. He, he wants to go out and do what he's supposed to, but he can't. So, it, again, he gives a really earnest performance. I think that's just, yeah, he tries and he doesn't like go over the top with an Eastern European thing. So, you know, that's where I'm going on that. Number mm. nine, do you want to say what number nine was? I believe that was Apollo 13. No, that was big. Big. Oh, right. Big. Sorry. I, you know, it's, it's all good. I was trying to remember off of the top of my head. I was like, I know, I know exactly what it is. Oh, this? Here, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. So, number nine, big. Again, as we mentioned earlier, he's a child in an adult body trying to be an adult. And the way he acts, like, there's that famous scene at FAO Schwartz with the keyboard where he's trying to, he's just talking to the boss as a kid, you know, and the boss really likes him and promotes him. But in the, again, but just him being earnest. That's a very earnest performance, and he is very likable and believable in that role, which I yeah. think is his big strength as an actor. You know, he takes it seriously no matter the role, but we'll do that later. He's, he's basically a, a kid. Yeah, yeah. So, but am I echoing on your thing? Because I think I'm, I'm hearing myself echo a little bit, but anyway. I don't think so, but anyway. Number eight was the one you just mentioned. Go ahead. <laughs> yep. Again, as we mentioned earlier, you know what's going to happen in that movie, and his performance... <laughs> the fear that he has when he sees that there's system failures, it, it's just like, oh no. But everyone's no, everyone knows about the Apollo 13 thing, but still, it's the fear. That's what does it for me. The is, fear is the, and is, him knowing he has to keep it together. 
Yeah, and then when he's like, that, okay, here's what we have on board. We have this. We have duct tape, tubing, and, and plastic bag or something. And, and luck. Those are the only things they got on there, and and they make it home. Yeah, and seeing at the end again, this is more I think the direction and the music. They don't show the astronauts as they splash down. I mean, they do show the capsule splashing down, but they don't. You don't. You only see the astronauts as they're getting, you know, the heat shield is starting to work, and you can tell it's getting hot in there. But yeah. I think it's it's really good choice on Ron Howard's part to just show everyone else's reaction to them coming out, and then all of a sudden they're getting out of the capsule, and Tom Hanks just gives a thumbs up, and yeah. So mm. number seven, Captain Phillips. I again, the last ten minutes of the movie just make it for me. Just the whole movie, he's trying to keep it together. He's also trying to. There's a scene he tries to escape, and he's trying to just like show that I'm not going to take this crap, but he tries to save everyone else. And yeah, I think he does very good in that movie. I concur. So, uh, number six was the one of the last ones we talked about. I know you, it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You can talk about that. I I remember I saw that movie with Hope when we I went to see her in Charlestown. Um, I I know the one scene that kind of got me was um god what was they were talking about i think it was his his anger problems that he would have and he was always and he talked about how he had to deal with it it was after um it was the other uh, not not fred rogers anger anger problems yeah it was the other guy because he was talking to fred it was after he first i forget the, the guy's name when he first goes to the set and then he sees fred rogers and the guy he's like i can't set this tent up and he's like well We'll get someone else that is like, no, 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 I want, I want to, you know what, I want to keep it this way so kids can see that adults can make mistakes too. Um, and then it was after that where that he starts talking to him and, you know, Fred Rogers, I'm pretty sure was like a, a child psychologist. And he was just telling him, you know, when's, you know, uh, when was the first time you were angry? And the guy's just like thinking back and he's like, and he just remembers the first time he was ever really angry and he gets kind of emotional about it. I think that one kind of got me a bit because I was like, damn, dude. Just, I looked it up. He was, he went to Pittsburgh Theology Seminary and he got a bachelor's degree in divinity and became a minister. Oh. Ministry. I I wouldn't have guessed. I thought it was child psychology. Well, either way, I, he's really good with children. He, he's, a, he's very good at, like, you know, connecting with people. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that scene got me and then Later on, um, when he goes to Fred Rogers' house, you know, and they're crazily playing the piano, him and his wife, and then Fred Rogers takes him out to coffee um, at that diner, and they have like that moment of silence, and everybody just as quiet for him, which I thought was real cute. Um, but the other thing was uh, where he talked about his kids, and his kids, they didn't like him, like they didn't like Fred Rogers. And it was because, like, we don't want to live in a shadow because as soon as they see the last name, they think, you know, we're these soft-spoken, you know, basically clones of our own father. And they didn't like living in a shadow, which, I mean, I get that. But, I mean, my goodness, like, they they just didn't have any respect. Yeah, no, I like the part where he's like, when I'm angry, I just bash my hands on the piano or something like that. Yeah. So... Number five was one that you really liked uh, from 1999. Was it? Yeah, you want to announce it? 1999, was that Green Mile? Yep. Yes, sir. That one, everyone I think has seen that movie. I mean, he plays that prison guard, and he has to condemn um, the, the late, I think it was Michael Duncan, if I remember his name correctly. Michael Clark um, Duncan, I think was his name, yeah. Michael Clark Duncan, that's correct. That's right, that's right. Um, and he's playing a guy called Mr. Coffee. And uh, Tom Hanks is like, well, Mr. Coffee, you're on death row uh, for this crime. And he kind of builds like a, a bond with him because, you know, he finds out that Mr. Coffee has these uh, uh, powers that he can use to um, heal people. And he does that, I think, with the warden's wife. Was that who it was? Yeah, who, I the think one it was. It wasn't Tom Hanks' wife, but it was the warden's wife or something like that. She had cancer, and... He basically took the cancer out of her body. 
the, I don't think they ever really explain other than he's just one of God's mysteries or God's gifts or something. And just the ending where he, uh, well, they know that he didn't commit the crime. Like he didn't kill and, and rape those. those two little girls. Yeah, he didn't kill them, but like everyone was, was blaming him for, it, and you know him being a a job. Uh, security guard or a prison a giant a, yeah he was, he, he was a giant yeah. a, like a very tall black guy and this is in the 30s or 20s or something like that and so of course racism was going to ruin it so and then he as feel so bad because at the end he i mean it's been out for 30 years he doesn't want to execute mr coffee he's like i he just know you can what just am I gonna tell, tell god on the day that i need him when he asked me, why did you kill one of my greatest creations or something? I really, that line has always stuck with me. Yeah, and just the, the actual like, emotion on it. Because you can see the tears in his eye when he pulls the switch. Because um, the last thing Mr. Coffee had said to him was, don't put the sack on me. I'm afraid of the dark. Like That one, I think, kind of got him. And when he pulled the switch, it just killed him inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Super sad movie. Yeah, it's a sad movie, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Number three, or sorry, no, no, we're on number four. Toy Story again. A lot of it has to do with the animation and the emotions of the animated characters, but Tom Hanks gives a really good performance in all of those movies. You know. Well, I also think too, it was the first of its kind. Excuse me, wasn't yeah. it the Toy the first, Story? First computer animated full movie, yes. But like in the first movie, Woody's very jealous of Buzz Lightyear, and you can get that in Tom Hanks' performance, and you hear. Like the scene where Buzz has the rocket strapped to him and Woody's just in the little... God, what am I thinking of? Woody is in the little crate, I guess. And he's just basically saying, you know, who wouldn't want a toy like you? You know, I'm just a crappy pole string doll or whatever. So, which, be right back. Give me two seconds. Sure. felt like showing these off since we're talking about Toy Story, but this is my Buzz Lightyear from 1999. It's missing an arm. So those are something on the podcast, you know, I'll, he makes a sound. I am Buzz Lightyear. So, yeah. And then I also have, uh, this is my original, I had a couple of them, but this is my first Woody doll I had when I was, I think I was four or five when I got him. So his pollster doesn't work anymore. I tried replacing the battery. I think it's just something wrong with the, with the mechanism. But either way. Man, I I only had a Woody doll. I think I broke that. And then the only other thing I had, or I still have, is um, my Monsters, Inc. Sully. I, I have a whole Disney shelf. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that maybe another that day. But no, in, in the second movie, he is finding himself a little bit because he's he knows that Andy's going to grow up and leave him. So what is he going to do? And then he, he switches like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay with these guys and I'm going to go to Japan. But then Buzz comes in. And again, Tim Allen gives a really good performance as Buzz in that movie saying, you know, basically kind of chasing Woody had to be a toy. And I think Tom Hanks really does kind of convey that very well. Even like, you know, just as, it's, it is just his voice, but you feel it in it. In the third yeah. one, he's trying to keep everyone together because he knows Andy was going to leave. I think in that movie, I think he accepts that Andy's going to leave. He's trying to just keep everyone together, but he also is just like he knows that whatever Andy wants him to do, he needs to do. So he's kind of stubborn in that, which I think that really comes through in his performances, which I really like. And then the fourth one, he's just kind of trying to find his new purpose in life, and he's just kind of you know at the end of the towards the end of the movie, he's like, well, he needs to go back and forth. Either like why? He's like because this is all I have left. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think he gives a really good, really good performance in that. Number three, we said was Castaway. He carries that movie. So I mean most of it it's a survival movie. And I mean, most of the movie is him at, on the island with the the uh, volleyball. Yeah. So he's basically on an the whole basically the whole movie is crazy guy or guy goes crazy, excuse me, with a volleyball. That that's basically the movie. And it's it's compelling. Well, and he's like learning how to survive by himself. He's learning how to like hunt for fish. He's like when he is making fire for the first time and you just feel that like, oh my God, yes, finally I've created fire. That kind of feeling that he gets, he conveys that very well. And there's also, 
he well, literally I, has to return to Monk. He what? Yeah, he, he returns to Monk. Return to Monk. But like he learns how to fish and he learns how to break open a coconut and you know it's just he's learning how to basically survive and he carries the, it doesn't even feel long. I remember watching the movie and like I guess a half hour, forty five minute of it is him just on the island and then it cuts to you know four or five years later. I'm like, wait, that didn't feel like a half hour. So right, but and then. Number two, you can mention this one. I don't, I don't need to. I think you know what, which one we had at number two, right? Saving Private Ryan. Yep. Oh my God. I have seen that movie, I think, more times than I can count. And I will for all. I for, oh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but I will forever hate the coward in that movie who lets uh, his friend get killed by that German soldier and then lets them oh, the walk by. The one with the knife. The one who. The, 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 the guy down, and he's like, shh, and then he walks by him as he's like, like has all the bullets like on his like back because he was carrying the ammo, and he just falls down. And he starts crying on the stairs. It's like you coward. I hate you. That is the only person in that movie I think I hate. Well, so Tom Hanks though. So that movie, that I like. Movie is he a, is, is a, very just like I don't like war. I don't like what I'm doing. But if it gets me home to my wife, then I'm gonna do it. So I think from the beginning, I mean the D-Day scene, like good God, that that the violence just hits you right at the beginning of the movie. And yeah, he doesn't know what's going on. I don't think anybody in that part goes on. But like again, going back to his performance, there's that moral dilemma. It's like, why are we gonna risk these 20 people to save one guy? You know, and like half of them, if not most of them, die on the way to get him. And so, yeah, I mean I think almost including him. Yeah. And including at the end him. when he's dying, he just says to Matt Damon, Ryan, he's like you know, earn this because we all died for you. So go live your life and be a good man, which I think. And that's why at the beginning of the movie, you see like this old man walking up to the cemetery and then he like falls on his hands and knees. And then at the end of the movie, after, you know, all this happens, you see him like stand up. You realize that was Matt Damon, Private Ryan, and he is at Tom Hanks's grave. Right. In Arlington or some kind of French. He's at he's at he's at in Arlington Cemetery and I'm he goes to him. keep talking. That's fine. He's in Arlington Cemetery and he falls down on his hands and knees and then it goes through the entire movie. It's a flashback and then um, <clears throat> gosh, um, and then at the end you look up and you see, I think it was like Lieutenant whatever it was. You see that name across the the grave. So when uh his family starts out talking to him and they're like, well, who was this? And he tells them, you know, the, well, the whole story basically um, of what happened. I think that uh, that movie was just fantastic. I mean, of course it's fictional, obviously. Yeah. So it, I'm just reading here. It doesn't really say which thing it was. I'm sure I could Google it, but you know, yeah, which but yeah, it's, it's fictional, but it does tell a very, powerful story a very uh human story um it's it's just a good movie i mean i highly recommend it well and like everything in that movie is great because you know the direction like i said the opening scene we can't talk about how like hacksaw ridge is that movie like the opening scene like times 10 but again that was the og well, the, yeah, because, well, then again, with Hacksaw Ridge, though, you had the buildup of the characters where you see Desmond Doss from his early child, like the beginning, to when he first signs up for the army, to basic training. Like, and then the when he half gets, of that movie, there's, like, little to no violence. Yeah, and then when he gets to Iwo Jima, uh, which, is, which is where Hacksaw Ridge took place, you know, which I think is at, like, half hour, 45 minutes was it? Movie. I think it was Okinawa. I don't know. Anyway, either way, either way, we're at Hacksaw Ridge and we're about half hour, 45 minutes into this movie. And he's already still not carrying a rifle. You're seeing the wounded guys and you're like, oh, well, let's see how this goes. And then when you get onto the ridge, the violence just starts like hitting you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, which we can talk about Hacksaw Ridge. But no, Saving Private Ryan was the first movie to show like that realistic war violence, you know, and I think Spielberg. Did really good. I mean, we could talk about Saving Private Ryan every day, but I think yeah. Tom Hanks really gives a great performance in that movie. He, I really like just his 
determination and his, you can kind of see it in his eyes, like, are we doing what's right? And just like, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's his, one of his best performances. But I agree. Yeah. Number one, Forrest Gump. Mm. Got it. We must preface, we haven't seen Philadelphia. I'm sure he gets, he's really good in that movie. We just haven't seen it. So this is our personal list. But Forrest Gump was one of the first movies that really just like made me feel emotions. Because the scene at the end, yes, we hate Jenny, but at the end where Forrest is like talking to her at her grave and he's crying because he misses her, that really gets me. So. Because like, yeah, because I mean, when you're a kid, you don't really notice like the, the things that she's doing. But what you do notice is someone that really loved her. And then when she's gone, you can just see, you know, it's upsetting. Well, and the point being, too, he, again, Tom Hanks is really good at just being earnest and sincere and taking the role seriously without being over the top. Because Forrest Gump, mm. you know, he's mentally disabled a little bit, you know, and he doesn't play it for laughs. He plays it seriously. And he does great things, which I think is the point of that movie. Well, not really the point, but like anyone can do great things is one of the points in that movie. But like yeah. when, when Bubba dies, he really just, you know, he, he doesn't cry about it. He just is just like, man, this sucks. And he, go, he tries to do right. He gives Bubba's family his half of the money that he makes from doing the shrimp business and tries to honor him. And when, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you find out, or when he finds out that he has a son, and you realize the whole time he knew that there was something wrong with him mentally. And he's, he's asking, he starts breaking down crying. Like, is he normal, you know, or is he like me? And it kind of just, it's kind of one of those heartbreaking moments. So. And I mean, everything in that movie, because I think it, it does that delicate balance of normal guy, war guy, then after the war where, I mean, they could have gone and like, a whole other direction with that um that war part i mean they could have gone in like the platoon direction or they well, could have gone in, the vietnam in, stuff's only like what 15 20 minutes of the movie yeah it, it is um but again they like i said they could have gone in a whole other direction with it where they could have had that eat up of more time to kind of like you know like get get to him mentally even though he's disabled but you know he could still feel ptsd they could have done something like that yeah, but I, I'm glad they went with the direction that they did, where it affected him, but it didn't, you know, pull him down. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just, he plays a very optimistic person who kind of just rolls with the punches. And, and he, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like I'm glad they didn't decide because obviously they're in Vietnam, and you know, a lot of the Vietnam movies that that come out, you know, like Apocalypse Now, Platoon. Um, Pick, pick one, yeah. you know, uh, they all seem to, like, destroy the people in those movies, you know what I mean? Which Vietnam did, but I think, as we were and mentioning I think, earlier, at the time that Forrest Gump came out, it was still, America was still kind of healing from Vietnam in the same way that we now are kind of still healing from the Afghanistan war, I guess you would say, but... I, I, I can agree to that. Yeah, you know, or the war in Iraq. So it kind of just, like, it, it's it, it didn't optimistic, like, moving forward. It kind of makes you, it's a feel-good movie. Yeah, because they don't want, they like, you know what? It happened as a tragedy, but we still have to look at the future. And that's why I like the direction that went with that movie. Because they didn't just, like, you know, turn him into, into a raging alcoholic um, or in a, in suicidally depressed person. And I they like, had they mention, made that. we should mention, too, Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan. He goes the opposite direction, where he he felt his desire, his whole life goal was to die in battle in a glorious blaze of glory or whatever. And then Forrest saves him and he, he's really resentful of that. But eventually he just, you know, comes to terms with it and he just kind of has a face to face with God and just learns to accept it and move on, which I guess is kind of like the point of the movie. But even beyond the Vietnam stuff, his whole purpose in the movie is just trying to get to, and I really get to Jenny, but just do right by others because he loves his mama and then she dies and when Jenny, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have pity sex with you, Forrest. Uh, she you know, <laughs> leaves him after a couple while. He goes on that running trip for a couple years and just, you know, he, he copes. And he just moves forward, which is the whole, you know. And 
even the scene, I just remember this, the scene where he's like, you know, why won't you marry me? I, I'd make a good husband. And he, that's kind of heartbreaking because like he knows what he wants. And but he, he, he just, he doesn't have the mental capacity to like understand, you know, like what, yeah. what the hell he, cause he, but, cause to him, the world is like, you know, this is kind of dumb to me. Why, why won't you do this thing? He has like a hard time understanding that she's not to him. The world is simple. Whereas to everyone else, it's very complicated. And I think that simplicity that he really, that Tom Hanks really does portray as Forrest kind of just rubs off and makes you feel good about other things. Not to say that Vietnam wasn't terrible because it definitely was, but you know, it kind of just makes you, again, that movie kind of just, takes pain and just teaches you how to move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so they also touch upon the JFK assassination, but there's also that funny scene where he drinks a bunch of Dr. Pepper, which Dr. Pepper's the best, gonna say, and he's like, oh, I gotta go pee. And, you know? Yeah. I think he gives a really good performance. That Oscar was very well-deserved, and yeah, Tom, Tom Hanks, man, he's one of my favorite favorite actors. I, like, I I agree there. He's one of my, he's in my top five, I'll say. I would say he's definitely top three for me, if not top number one. But I love, there's that South Park episode with all the old film, like the, the South Park Film Festival, and they make Mr. Hanky and me with Tom Hanks. And Cartman goes, who the heck co- has to Tom Hanks in this? He can't act his way out of a nutsack. I'm like, nah, yeah, he can. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it just, Tom Hanks, man, he's, he's, a generational defining actor and he keeps making movies that people love you know Forrest Gump was in the 90s but also kids today I think grow up you know with Toy Story and I think a lot of people who have seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood are really gonna you know resonate with his performance in that movie and mm-hmm. you know I'm interested in seeing what he does next um I think his glory days are kind of behind him but I mean his glory days are still good he's never made a bad movie I don't think I mean, he is 65, so I mean, he's he's getting up there. And I mean, I think we might get another 15 or so years. But I mean, hey, as long as he has no regrets, I'm happy with it. Yeah. So thank you all for listening to our review of well, basically just our, our talk about Tom Hanks. Next week we're gonna do a retro review of one of his like his first movie he directed. Again, we mentioned this earlier. That thing you do. Mm. Again, I saw it a month ago. Love it. Alec, uh, you, I watched, yeah, you watched it today. Really good. So we're going to talk about it and yeah, we'll talk about, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about some Thanksgiving movies as we get closer to Thanksgiving, but you know, for now we're going to keep celebrating Thanksgiving. So thank you all for listening. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, if you like us, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Basically, we don't do Twitter. We don't do TikTok. Maybe, don't you have a TikTok? I just use it to watch videos I don't post on it. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, check us out. Apple Music, iTunes, whatever you're listening on. Thank you for listening to us. You know, we just like talking about movies, and we appreciate that you guys are listening to us. So we'll talk to you all next week. See you.